Hello everybody, it's Friday again and you know what that means. The weekend is here, so we're talking about what happened in the midweek, some of the news and some of the actions we saw in the European competitions. So without further ado, welcome to the latest episode of Back on the Podcast. Mr. TB Joshua, how are you? I don't understand. Where is the TB from? What? what, what? Um. <laughs> you, yeah, your, 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 you see vision now. You see vision and all of that. You can predict matches, and oh, you know you, you, you have you, you have you have an eye for for prophecy as well. So it's only right I give you the title. Now you want to brag? Well. <laughs> it still goes with my feeling that PSG is not a More on that later. You ask how I'm doing. I'm actually not happy because you know we were talking yesterday night where I had I had actually I had a very good FPL game with 141 points. So I was thinking in my as in my in my utter foolishness and naivety, I was thinking that I was going to be among the top twenty managers of the week because I was like yeah I didn't use any chip and I got 141 my guy I did not even smell that I think like I think the lowest was around 180 points and I was 141 so it just shows that people that play FPL some of them are not human beings so it just humbled me I thought I had a good week but a good game week but it humbled me okay okay this is that you just said that it just made me remember that video my response would be like that man. Look at your life. You can never make it. Never. <laughs> <laughs> look at, look at. <laughs> but, 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 but. This is my second game week over 100 points. If I over 140 points in the last three game weeks, second one. Mm. Mm. So you're bragging now. Mm. Okay. Mm. So sometimes we just give the, the boys head start and then the kings come, come from behind to win. Of course, of course. We'll see where the Kings will end up finishing. No problem. We will see. Uh, let's, let, we already referenced PSG. So, I mean, we, we have to start there. PSG, Real Madrid. Everybody knows that PSG outplayed Real Madrid in the first leg. And then when you when the second leg started, PSG took a lead, a halftime lead. And everybody that was watching the game was like, okay, this is it. Game over. PSG, all they need to do is defend. Don't concede two goals. And they are home and dry. 60 minutes, they were still leading. But then, the 30 minutes was absolutely dreadful. Karim Benzema with the hat-trick. As in, where did it go wrong for PSG? Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. But first, I would just like to credit Ancelotti for making the Kamevenga and Tony Cruz change. That change actually... Unlocked Luka Modric. Luka Modric was a beast, especially in the second half. You could see, especially with the way the Karibesima second goal came, where he carried the ball from back to front. Even Neymar, that was six years, six years younger than him, couldn't even keep up. So it's it just shows. Neymar is lazy. So let's not even say that that was Modric working hard or anything. Neymar is lazy, and we saw it. I think Neymar was the worst player on the pitch, in my opinion. Um, do, do I see that? Going back to your original question, so, like, I don't know if people listened to an episode we did a, a long time ago when we talked about some of the issues with PSG and why the most um, Tuku was sacked. So, the, the, the issue is from the board down to the players. So, when the players are misbehaving and doing things that are going out of line and the manager is not happy with it, what does a normal club do? The manager will report to the hierarchy and the hierarchy will come up with a solution. No, the manager will come up and meet the hierarchy and tell, tell the hierarchy, this is what I intend to do with this player because the player has stepped out of line. So the, play, the player and the manager can carry out whatever um, um, punishment or whatever 
um, way to address the situation as he seems to as he wants to do. We saw that with um, Chelsea when um, Thomas Tuchel had incident with Lukaku. So the bottom line is, instead of PSG to allow the manager do what the manager wants to do, PSG they will interfere in they will go ab- uh, uh, above well, the basically support the staff. Exactly, they basically support the misconducts that the player is doing. So, for example, if the manager says, oh, I need training by 3 p.m., or everyone should come to the training complex by 2 p.m., now you see the senior players who are superstars can be coming by 3.30, 4 o'clock, and they'll give excuse. I think the classic example, and we have already said this on on another episode, let me just repeat myself, was when Neymar wanted to go for either a carnival or a Grand Prix like to watch a race and he asked Thomas Tuchel for permission and Thomas Tuchel said hell no we have a game this weekend and what happened Neymar went to meet the chairman and the chairman was like oh you can go why can't you go why, what is Tuchel saying you can go and for me that alone just says that the club is upside down exactly exactly and when you now look at it when when people start going above the manager that means Whatever kind of tactics the manager wants to implement in a game, those players that go above the manager, they can feel like, man, we can do whatever we want and we still get away with it. So that's why, let me just land on it. That's why when you look at PSG, when they, whenever they lose or bottle Champions League matches, we don't hear, there's no backlash. Let's say we start hearing things from the manager or all of that because the manager knows that his highs are tied. The, the senior players will get away with it. Like, for example, in the man in the game against um, um, Real Madrid, Dramat made an error. Um, Marquinhos made an error. Like, the defense, everything was shambolic. But you see, those, those, those senior players can't even talk to themselves. I even remember there was, a, there was one where, there was one where uh, Messi, there's this usual court back Messi normally wants when he's at Barcelona, where... So Verratti was with the ball. Messi was free. If he had given it to Messi, Messi could have done something with it. The ball didn't come to Messi. Messi was fuming. I don't know if you saw that picture. Messi was like his hand was on um, down. It was like so. So Messi was fuming. So, but at the end of the day, it, there was even an, a picture that came out where Messi was alone in the in the tunnel where they were coming out. Like. You see, people, I'm not saying, like, Messi is part of the issue now because when you look at it, they have a front three that doesn't even press. Messi, Neymar, Mbappe. Then they have a midfield that is not working perfectly. Then they have a shambolic defense that is getting complacent. Let's not even say they have a midfield because that's capping. They have Verratti. And these days, I'm not sure Verratti is even good enough. Let me me know if you like to Verratti was decent in the match. I think he was he couldn't do everything on his own. And then you see the problem for me now. I asked where did it go wrong, and you you came with the answer of the hierarchy, everything, which is all well and good. But me just looking at the game, yeah. There's no desire. There's no heart. There's no. I, I don't. I don't know if it's, there's no desire or there's a mental block. So basically, the thing with Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, Liverpool, these giants of European football. In nights like this, the players, the moment they sign for the club, they know that this like I'm signing for a big club. Like we live for this European night. The PSG, they are used to feeling, they are used to bottling it. I think PSG is now a bottling company more more than a football club. So that mentality has now crept in. Even as good as Neymar was in Barcelona, the moment he signed for PSG, the bottling mentality got into him. Messi, I didn't see Messi for the last thirty minutes. The bottling mentality has gotten into him. Mind you, Barcelona already bottled against Roma and 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 um, Liverpool. So Messi was already bottling in his last few years at Barcelona, and now he's now joining the bottling company. Of course, he's going to continue bottling. So what are we talking about? There's no mentality. There's no winning mentality when it comes to European football for PSG. That's number one. Number two, there's there are no leaders on the pitch. Marquinhos is the captain, but I did not see him talking to Donauma after that error. And he then went on to make his own error. And then we look at Messi and Neymar like, you guys captain your national teams, you're meant to be leaders. Neymar is the opposite of a leader. Neymar should not wear the armband for any team. 
even if he's a team in the sixth division of England, Neymar should not captain that club. Obviously, he's going to be their best player, but captain, Neymar is not a captain in any way. Messi is not a vocal leader, so I don't expect Messi to be the one shouting. I expect people like Verratti, Marquinhos. See, there, there are so many things. Then I go to Pochettino. Pochettino, now, I, I don't know, because of the way the club is run. Because I'm here, I, I was in my house watching the match, and in my mind, I'm thinking, surely he's going to take off Neymar. Surely, 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 because Neymar has been dreadful for over 60 minutes. And Neymar plays the full match. And I'm thinking, is Pochettino daft that he cannot remove Neymar because Neymar was obviously off it? Or is he afraid of doing it because of the hierarchy? Or worse, has he even been banned like he has been told you cannot do it? That is even worse than being afraid. So I think, I don't want to believe Pochettino is so clueless that he couldn't, he couldn't see it. I want to believe that he was afraid to do it, which is actually quite alarming. No, the, 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 the truth is I'll agree with the um, latter because when you look at it, for example, I'll give you Xavi as an example. When you look at the way Xavi talks about recruitment, the players he has, um, I'm, I, want, I want to give you three managers, Xavi, Guardiola, and Mikel Arteta. When you look at this manager talk, huh, you can see that they are in line with everything that is going on in the club. They know everything that is going on in the club. Arteta, <laughs> Conversation with Pepper. No, 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 no. I'm not putting him as far. He's going to be. I'm not. He's still like even Xavi cannot even be in Pep conversation as a manager. But what I'm saying is, when you look at the way they talk about their players and the way they speak about tactics and stuff, and even the way they talk about recruitment, you can see that they are like in line with the decision making. Their their um, own opinion actually matters in what the club is trying to do going forward. But I don't, I've never seen that when it comes to a PSG manager. Like, they're just there, like, PSG just need a manager. So, they I just think, have to I think be the there. Closest, I think the closest PSG were to becoming a proper club was when Ancelotti took over. But even Ancelotti, as great as he is, his reputation, he couldn't change the mentality of the club. Tukel, let's not, let's not forget that Tukel wasn't highly regarded when he took over PSG. He was just coming from Dortmund with all due respect. He hadn't even won the Bundesliga. He didn't win the Bundesliga with them. So his reputation was not like now. I think Tukel going to PSG now will command respect. Not like when he actually joined them. He couldn't command respect. So I think I think to solve PSG's problem, there needs to be a figure that will command respect from the second he walks into the door. And I'm thinking... People like Zidane, people like Guardiola, people like Mourinho, people like Klopp. I think those are the only four managers. And if Ancelotti decides to go back to PSG, those are the only five managers I will command respect. The remaining will be disrespected. As good as Eric Ten Hag is, he will not he will not be respected by that PSG dressing room. As good as whoever else you want to mention, they will not be respected, which I think is a problem on its own. And we are talking about the problem of the hierarchy. I know you, you you saw the news that the chairman, Nasser Al-Khalifi, he went to fight the referee. Him and Leonardo entered the referee's room after the match to fight the referee. So basically, they were blaming the whole performance. That capitulation, they were blaming it on the first goal that it was a foul on Donnarumma, which for me was not even a foul. It's never a foul in a million years. So, okay, let's even say that is a foul. So, are you saying that that is why you lost? That is why Marquinhos made another dreadful mistake? Like, it just shows the mentality of the club. They, they always like to shift blame to another. And I know a few weeks ago, we were talking about this in, in the Ligon, that that Leonardo came and made a statement. He, he gave an interview after a match. Verratti, the same thing. They were both blaming the referee. I don't know if you can remember. And yeah, now, yeah, yeah, I remember. And now, after they bottled a big Champions League game, they are blaming the referee. It looks like it's never their fault. It's always someone else's fault. Yeah, it's it's the mentality of the club. At the end of the day, like the truth is, like the peer, the way I even look at peers, yeah, and I'm sure that's the way players see it. They just go there. It's like a retirement home. Just go there, play the last um, few years they can, and just do what they want to. That's not oh, wait. like like how like can, I don't I, I, I don't think. How can they okay. solve that problem for them to be taken seriously by elite footballers? No, it's very, very simple. When you look at the elite clubs, they have a structure in place, regardless of the manager. For example, Barcelona, we know their philosophy, Croatian football. Real Madrid, 
their philosophy is very simple. We need to win. That is just it. That is their mentality. Remember, you don't care about the football they play. We need to win. So now, when you look at those two clubs, because I'm using them now, because we all know the kind of success they've had in the past, um, in, in the past 20 years. So now, when you look at those two clubs, they have an identity. They have a philosophy, an ethos that they work towards. towards. Even when the president or the, um, the managers, the people involved, they are not there, the club can still carry on because there's a blueprint there. But PSG, I don't see what the blueprint is. Like, obviously, they want to win the Champions League, but there needs to be a blueprint to achieve that Champions League. So, I don't understand. Okay, look at Man City now. Replic replicating um, the kind of Barca model in, in Manchester. They are replicating right. it. Now, we'll see... Is that... I said with, with the sporting director Tiki Bergustan and now working with Pep yeah. again. Exactly. So, like, you can see now there's a blueprint that they've even put in place so that even after Pep, they can still try, even if it's be hard, they can still try and follow that model that will still give them um, success. Okay, so for yeah. I think yeah. the I think they need to disband the team and the hierarchy. So, I expect Leonardo to be sacked or... He should have. The, he should do the honourable thing and tender his resignation. He has failed. There's no other way to put it. There's no mincing words. He has failed in his job at PSG. Pochettino is not good enough. Obviously, the dressing room don't respect him. But in terms of an elite manager, he's a good. He's a decent manager, but he's not an elite manager. So Pochettino should go as well. Then you look at the players. Mbappe, I think Mbappe has made up his mind after that. If he was thinking about staying. After that nonsense that he saw his teammates do, because Mbappe is the only PSG without PSG player without blame from that game. So when he word the nonsense that his teammates did, I'm sure he has made up his mind to leave. So now there needs to be you need to buy world class midfielders. Don't just buy one Aldon was good at Liverpool, but he's not world class. Idris Aguirre is not world class. Paredes is not world class. Buy two world class midfielders. Buy a replacement for Mbappe. Get a defender that can actually defend because I don't understand what Kimpembe thinks he's doing on the pitch. Okay, let me ask I, you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let's say they go and get Pogba in, they get Rudiger. It will not no, solve no, no, their no, problem. No, no. It's not. You know why? You know why? You know. Wait, 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 wait. wait. No, no, no. You see all these things. Whether you buy world class or not, um, if you don't have a philosophy and kind of ethos or blueprint, the team has to follow. Then whoever you buy, you're just buying patching patching things up. You're just buying patching things up. So there's no there's no like I um, e um ethos or identity that they have to now follow or work towards. So yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, do should go as well. So that that addresses that, and you get the proper football director who, who understands football as football, not just as a business. Okay. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Well, fair enough. The, uh, at the end of the well, day, they just have to. I'm not. I'm not. They are not paying me to find solution for their problems, so they will figure it out themselves. Um. Just lastly, UEFA are going to investigate um the chairman and and their 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 action against the referees in the in the changing room. So more on that later. The, the club they might they will probably be fined. I don't think they will ban PSG from European competition. That would be too extreme. So they will be fine, I'm sure. Um, let's talk about Bayern briefly. Bayern 7-1. <laughs> I, I cheekily asked the question last episode, was there any chance Salzburg would do something? And Bayern emphatically answered me and said, not a chance in hell. And I don't know, have, have we disrespected Bayern? Like everybody says, Liverpool and City are the favorites. Even people were even putting PSG before Bayern as fought. Have Bayern been disrespected by the public? It's just at the end of the day, just go back to what I normally say: the Premier League buyers. Like when people watch the Premier League and they feel like there's no team that can actually upset their their big. Like they just feel oh, for can both I, can I just say, England and England. Can I, can I yeah. Okay. Okay, go on, go on. Yeah, the Premier League buyers because a lot of most football fans watch only the Premier League. So Liverpool City, the best two teams in Premier League. But then 
Bayern have a very thin squad. It is ridiculous how thin their squad is. We saw their starting lineup against against Salzburg, and we know Goretzka and Alfonso Davis are injured. Apart from those two injured, now the the senior players that I actually trust to step on the pitch that are fit. We're talking Upamecano, who has been out of source this season. We're talking Sabitza. And that's all. So they basically just have a first level. Do you think that is why people are overlooking them? Not that they actually don't rate them per se. No, 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 no. No, you, you're even going deep into it. Like, the truth is, like, people don't rate football outside England. They'll tell you farmers like this, farmers like that. That could be part of the reason. But at the end of the way, you look at the way the general public, even, even the pundits we see on TV, the way they talk about the, um, the English club, you can clearly see it that there's a bias towards the, like, they don't rate any of all these teams. But at the end of the day, like, even Bayern, Bayern themselves, like, they were even very, very disrespectful against Salzburg. Only starting oh. three, they were they, they only had three um outfield defenders, the rest were attacking players. And no, no, obvious, no, obviously, no, obviously, so you go there to win and overpower them. I don't see it as no, no, nah, like even the way they played, the way they overloaded um, the box, even if they were to use this formation against any top team, I don't think they overload the box like that. They were just they were just something else, like the. the Bayern, Bayern, they are, they are suffocating, and it was very. Okay. It was entertaining to watch. I, I enjoyed. You I enjoyed seeing you, you know how I'm going to reply you there. You said that if they were playing against another team, they wouldn't overload the box like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the reason they did it is because it's Salzburg. They are not stupid. They will not do that against Liverpool. There's this. That's thing what I nice. You're proving my point now. You just agreed with no, me. They, they, no, no, it's not. It's not being disrespectful. It's knowing your opponent. So there's. I play FIFA a lot, the video game, and there's this. So every every FIFA that comes out always has a hack. So I remember, I remember FIFA 18. The hack was shooting from outside the box. FIFA 19 was one time shot. Your player doesn't even need to be facing the post. Once the ball is coming to him, shoot. And the people I used to beat on the video games used to complain that that I'm scoring nonsense goals. I'm scoring goals that are not realistic. And what I tell them is understand the game you're playing and understand the players that can do that skill that you're, that you're doing in the game. So you need to understand the game. Like, even in FIFA 21, there's a way you run from the wing and cut in and nobody can catch you and you play near post and it goes in. So I, I've understood the game. I've understood FIFA. The same way Bayern have understood that we can do this to Salzburg to suffocate them and not allow them to come out. And that's our best way of winning. I don't think it was disrespect in, in the way you're thinking of it. No? Oh, well, I could see it that way, but at the end of the day, me, I was like... I you want to understand my FIFA analogy no. because you suck at the game. So. Of course, of course, of course. Let, let, of me course. Not, let me not cast you. Just humble yourself. <laughs> I'm always humbled. I'm always humbled. <laughs> Of course. Um, okay, so now let's go to the Premier League. We saw, um, we saw Newcastle continuing their fine run. Just, just I, just, I don't even want to talk about the game itself. I just want to talk about Ralph Hasselhoff, Southampton's coach, was complaining because the, this fixture was postponed. I think in December or so, and he was complaining that Newcastle's new signings shouldn't have been allowed to play because they were not going they wouldn't have played if the game was played in December. And and if you now look at it, the two goals that Newcastle scored, they scored by new signings, Chris Wood and Bruno Gimaresh. So is it is does he have a point or is he just whining like like a baby, making no sense? There's no point here. There's no to me there's no point. It makes no sense. So are you going to tell Liverpool that Luis Diaz should not play games for them because they sign him in general? Like makes no sense. Every new Sunday games that were postponed in December for the integrity and fairness of the sport of the league. Yeah, man, indeed, that to me that doesn't make sense. Every everybody has equal equal dates to prepare for this game. Like Southampton, they were winning this game with Armstrong scoring scoring um the early goal in twenty fifth minutes. But I didn't know they like they bought to it. So you should find a way to fix his his leaky defense instead of whining. Yeah, to me, it's like like we hear managers. It's, to me, it just sounds like the PSG board. And 
all of them and the players complaining about the first goal for Real Madrid. Oh, it was a foul, it was a foul. Meanwhile, forgetting that they played nonsense after they played that goal. The same thing in this one. You lost the lead and you're telling me that new players should not play. I mean, that is absolute. Like, I, I love Rafael Soto. I, I, I rate him as a manager in the Premier League. I think he's easily top seven managers in the Premier League. But this statement is embarrassing. Yeah, very, very embarrassing. If I'm a Southampton fan, I'll be, I'll be shaking my head. <laughs> but quickly on Newcastle, I think we both agree that they are well clear of the relegation waters now. How high can they finish? Mm, I think um, um, Eddie Howe has surprised me. Like right now, they are sitting 14th, that's one point. Um, I think with just two with, points behind Leicester as well. I think um, Brighton as well, just two points and just four points behind the whining manager Rafael Hotel and his team. Um, I think uh, when you look at it from tenth to from from the position they are, that is fourteen to tenth is up for grabs because there is a level of inconsistency between both teams. Like Brighton, they don't score goals often. They they draw a lot of matches. Leicester City, they win here, they lose here. Crystal Palace, they are up and down as well. Southampton, like we said, to they are also inconsistent. So I feel like if they can continue with this run, I think they can finish finish um, tenth to 12th. That would be a good position to finish then build on that for next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. I think so. At least, I'm looking at at least 12th in this their current form. They are 14th now. I see them jumping at least positions. But we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Now, for, this, for people who are still stuck in the relegation battle, I, okay, so let me just say for, for me, I don't see Burnley going down. I, it's not a super analytical thing. It's just, I trust Sean Dyche and his players because they've been in this position time and time and time again. So I think they know how to actually grind out results when the going gets tough. So if if I'm right, let's just say I'm right now, Burnley don't go down. Who, who joins Watford and Norwich? Is it Leeds or is it Everton? It's between both of them. Let me be honest with you. I think Norwich, Watford, those ones are... They're like oh, set in stone. But, do you think Bonnie but, has, like, or do you think no, Bonnie I, I think um are still I think we're already we've played twenty eight games, but Bonnie has played like something about twenty six, yeah. And they have twenty seven um, twenty one points. So looking at it like yeah, there's still a lot of games to play for. And like you said, I have that level of security when when um when it comes to Sean Dyche. And I think some Sean Dyche has proven to be a manager that knows how to escape relegation fights. So, but looking at Everton, man, I, I just think Burnley will have enough points to stay up, but Everton and Leeds. The only reason why I will exclude Everton from this is not because Frank, Frank Lampard is the best manager. It's just simply because they have better quality. But Leeds, with the way they are conceding goals, yesterday they conceded three. Um, so, I feel like if they continue this way, they might just be the one to go down. I'm quite done because Everton have the toughest fixtures. I've said that before. But then Leeds are on the worst form, if you ask me. Although Everton have lost four and five under Lampard, but just the way Leeds plays, like Leeds struggle to score and then they defend woefully. So, like, there's nothing even good at the club so far in the last few weeks. And so I just worry for Leeds that little bit more. Um, I still wish both sides the best. Actually, all of them, even Watford, if they can make it, and Norwich, I wish all of them the best. But unfortunately, three teams have to go down at the end of the day, and we'll see who those three teams are. So this weekend we have a big match: Manchester United against Spurs at Old Trafford. Winner takes all. Hmm. Uh, this this match, this match would be interesting because in the past um, in the past seasons um, we've seen that this match is one of the ones to look out for. We've seen very very good score lines, especially from Tottenham and Tottenham themselves. Like um, the last one we saw, which was very very nice, was the six one. So I feel like I feel like um, there will be goals in this game. 
it's it's um it's one of all those things that you call um top four six pointer. Let me put it like that. So so <laughs> I feel like uh there's both teams both teams need really need this win because when you look at it, especially Spurs. But but, but United United need this don't they? The turmoil of the Manchester Derby. Yeah, yeah, they need it more. But but I'll just say this: like I feel like with the way Spurs play, if they actually turn up, if they play the same way they played against City, which with low block and try and string um and very very decent passing as, um, when breaking, then I feel like they'll be able to they'll be able to exploit Manchester United because when you look at Manchester United, their midfield is abysmal. Their defense is nothing to write home about. So the only thing going. Manchester United is the attacking players. I honestly couldn't tell you which team will have more possession because you said if Spurs play low block, but that would mean United will want to have the ball. Do, do, do we really see United keeping possession? I sh- I don't know. I I think the the hardest bet this weekend will not even be to, to bet on who. I think it will be bet it to be to bet on who has more possession. Well, I, 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 I just feel, I just feel United they, because of the firepower they have up front. Then they might be, they might be deadly. If Ronaldo starts, and they create chances for Ronaldo. Then, but I feel like Harry Kingston and even Kulisevsky, they are very, very good together. So I just feel like, I mean, it's an interesting match. I can't wait for, it. I can't wait to watch it. It's an interesting match. Like there are so many starts that I could have even brought up for this one, but. Like if I go on and go, if I go on on this one, like it's uh, let's just put it that it's an interesting match, and I feel like it should live up to expectation. I think sports will edge it. I don't know. I, I just have that feeling they are in better form. Like you said, Kulusi has said today very well. I'm actually surprised at that. Not that I I didn't think he was a good player, but for him to set to you so quickly is what I'm surprised at. And I don't know. I just see uh, something interesting. Um, Varane said his his fit. I think he said it on social media that he's fit to play. So that if uh, if Vanik benches him, Vanik could not come and say that Varane was not fit because he just recovered from COVID. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Because, you know, you know, especially the Ronaldo situation last week. So he just wants to clear it that in case I'm on the bench, it was not that I'm not fit before Vanik could come and lie against me. <laughs> I get, I get what you mean. Just protecting himself, basically. Arsenal face Leicester. Arsenal have been very, very good in recent weeks. I struggle to see anything but they win for the Gunners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this, this, this one is this one is a no-brainer. I feel like Arsenal win this game. I think Jamie Vardy is injured for this one. Like he just yep, it, it, yep. yep. Yeah, so uh, I feel like Arsenal, Arsenal, they are very, very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like what, what's impressive about Arsenal is their defensive record. This season, their defensive record is very, very good. Like it's it's better, miles better than their last season defensive record. And there's even a stat that even shows that Arsenal have kept a first half clean sheet in 11, 11 of their Premier League matches this this season. That is eighty five percent. So like it's crazy. Like Asta, Asta, they are really, they are really on something. And I feel like even with Saka, Martinelli, even Odegaard joining, coming to the party, man, I'm I'm, I'm excited to watch Asta these days. And I'm looking forward to that match because I feel like Asma will smash Leicester. I'm predicting something like a three-one. That would be a good scoreline. Now the way Lacazette has been playing this season, I've been very disappointed with the goal output. Like. He has virtually been non-existent in front of But then his all-round game, his assisting, I think he has about six assists or so in the last 10 games, which is actually crazy to think about. Or, no, I think even more, maybe eight or something like that. But... Yeah, yeah. But, no, no, like, so, basically, it's like, do you think Lacazette playing that kind of role is helping people like Saka, Martinelli? Do you think... If Lacazette was more of a go-getter, we won't be seeing the best of those guys behind him. Or or can he still step up his goal scoring and it won't affect the way those guys play? No, I feel it's the latter. Like 
like obviously you could see it with his all-around gameplay. It helps the team. His link-up play. He's holding up the ball to bring the um, wide attacking players into it. Like so, I feel like he's even he's very he's very um, like Hazard's position is very very um, interesting, especially when Arsenal are being pressed. So they can ping the one hundred percent step up his goal scoring if he if he's a bit more clinical. <laughs> I I couldn't agree more actually. I think Agazette can do better in front of goal. But then again, Ateta is not complaining because one, he doesn't trust in Ketia. Two, the team is still winning. So I don't know, whatever floats their boat, as long as they keep winning, then Lacazette can keep assisting instead of scoring. Yeah. And now, last but not least, we saw Abramovich get sanctioned by the UK government yesterday. Um, basically, to me, it's more like Chelsea being sanctioned because I saw a list of ridiculous embargoes placed on them. They cannot spend more than £20,000 on travel, which which includes actual travel, like the plane, hotel for everybody, players and staff and manager, which just sounds like, how is that possible? Then you talk of they can't spend more than five hundred thousand at home games. They cannot renew players' contracts or staff contracts. They cannot buy new players. They cannot sell players. All this is it? Do you think is is right or do you think it's too harsh from the government in terms of yes, yes, you want to sanction Abramovich, but can Chelsea not be left to run properly? No, no, like the way the, the way it's the way it's easier is very is like obviously I hate when politics come into football, but the way it is now is when war is going on, for war to continue, you need money to fund the war. So whether or not Abramovich is linked with Putin, that's no one's business, or that's not for me to say. But looking at it now, they've I think Russia uh, they've placed like over six hundred over six hundred um sanctions on Russia already. Or Russia already. So if 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 you look at it, they're trying to cripple any source of means that we that will allow Russia to fund whatever war that they are fighting uh, um, against Ukraine now. And when you look at it, they've um, I think some banks, the, one of the biggest banks, the oil, everything, even their the plane, all those things that um, that are in the UK, they've seized everything, they've sanctioned everything. So now looking at the um, embargoes, like you said, that they placed on Chelsea them not being able to um, and spend more than £5,000, £20,000 doing any of that. You can see that they are trying to limit the transactions going in Chelsea because they are trying so hard that money doesn't... They don't try and launder money through Chelsea in, in, in trying to fund whatever war they are trying to do. So, like, that's oh, the way they are looking at it. That's the behind it. Um, yeah, yeah. Abramovich cannot sell the club. It has to be through the government to make sure it doesn't get any money from it. Um, this these embargoes will last until May thirty first. Um, do you see a situation where Abramovich has to forgo? Do you see him like just writing off everything as bad debt and then selling the club for the club to move move on, or are we going to be here come the transfer window with all this still in place? What what I would say is, let's say if Abramovich is truly the man that everyone paints him as, like the good guy and everything, I feel like Abramovich will definitely definitely want to sell. He will approve the sale. Then what will happen is, when the money comes in, there to be in a UK transfer and a UK account, and they will seize the money because obviously the idea of it is to make sure that that money doesn't leave so that they don't use it to fund whatever war. That's just the idea. So whenever the war is over, he can definitely get his money back. So I feel like I feel I like think, he, that, that, that's what will happen. I think we've not heard the last of this. Chelsea said they are going to sit down and talk with the UK government, implying that they are not happy with this way this license, like they call it, has been given to them, special license. Um, so they want to probably they want to be able to buy players, they want to be able to spend more on games and so on and so forth. But they've actually paid for all their away games to the end of the season already. But then now the interesting thing is if they beat Lille, the one that they've not paid for, 
will be their away game for the quarter final. So that that will be when this restriction becomes really really straining on them. Um, but we will see. Chelsea fans have made their feelings known outside Stamford Bridge. We saw some writings. Um, post me that Europe is funded the war, not Chelsea FC. Leave our club alone. So it's clear to say that obviously Chelsea fans are not happy. I will see how this story unfolds. So that's the end of this um, news and whatever segment. And now for the FPL. <clears throat> Someone said this 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 would be a thirty five minutes thing, but uh, surprise, surprise. Actually, actually, like thirty eight minutes. So I still please on my clock. I'm seeing forty one minutes. Please, let's not lie now. Let's not lie. Um. Well, 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 well. Let's not waste for that time. Let's not waste for that time. So let's just get down into this. So for the FPL, um, some teams have double game week. Some teams, um, some teams um are playing a single game week. So like looking at it, like at the end of the day, what what, what are the strategies we should be looking out for this one now? Maybe those that still have their wild card, those that still have their what is it called their free hit. So what is the cheap strategy for this one? The strategy is to pile up on Spurs. I think Spurs are going to beat United, so you should have Kane or Son. You should also have Kulusevski because he's cheap. So I would say have either you have Kane and Kulusevski or you have Son and Kulusevski. Just make sure you have two of them. And because they have a double game with United and Brighton. And then you, I also look at Matt Doherty in defence. Very, very good, in good form. I think now place the position is own. Remember, I told you that Emerson Royal was disappointing me with his crosses. And I think Antonio Conte felt the same way because now he has been tossed to the bench and I'm sure he's going to be sitting there for a very long time. And I think um, Saka as well or Martinelli, I won't say don't go for both of them because Liverpool is a tough fixture for them. So I'll say go for either Saka or Martinelli, not both. I'll say if you have uh, Ramsdale, you start him simply because he has two games. So even if he blanks twice, he could give you he could give you six points in total because there will be some save points. There will be two points for even if he blanks, blah blah blah. So I'll say if you have Ramsdale, keep him. If you don't have Ramsdale, you don't need to buy him. Um then what else? I'll say Havertz is in form and Chelsea face Newcastle. Although Newcastle are in form, but come on. So we know Chelsea are the stronger team. So I'll say by Havertz. Um, who else? Who else? So basically, those are the key players you should be key players you should, should be targeting. Some other ones like probably you want a City defender. Cancelo is a doubt. So I'll say if you have Cancelo, you still start him like in your FPL lineup. But if you don't have Cancelo, this is not the time to be buying him. But if you're buying a City defender now, I'll say buy Laporte because he's short to start. And so basically, those are the key key people for me. Okay, okay, okay. So, guys, there you have it. If you're using your wild card, your free hit, those are the names you should be looking out for to bring in. But um, another thing I want to talk about, there are some players that realistically no one is looking at. Like, let's talk about the points, the players that are under the radar. So, for example, Felipe Coutinho, uh, Target, all those guys that were very, very high scoring that no one really, really um, talked about in the previous game week. Even Fabian Scher, Fabian Scher for Newcastle. We just talked about Newcastle in this episode. Fabian Scher scored very, very well. I think double digits. So, so, like, what what names are people um, people should be looking at that are under the radar and are good value for money? Value for money, I would say Fabian Share is a good shout because um, because he's just four point three million. But because they face Chelsea, I don't see them keeping a clean sheet in that match. Of course, I may be wrong. Um, but then I told you to buy Harvest, so why would I tell you to buy share in the same for the same match? It doesn't make any sense. But then they have a double game week, so they might do something against Everton. And so if you're getting him for that, then all well and good. But then at Everton's young winger, Gordon, is just 4.5 million in FPL. And in the last four games at home, he has gotten 
three goals and one assist for someone that is just 4.5 million in FPL. I think that's a risk worth taking to get him into your squad. And also, I think Matt is going to be under the radar after getting 29 points in this double game week. I mean, I'm still angry with Steven Gerrard because he didn't say Dini was out for the last week, last weekend's game. Because if he had said it, I'd have sold Dini and bought cash. But I don't know. Let me not swear for Gerrard. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. But of course, then... you're not angry. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> hey, even, of course. Even saying I'm not angry is in an angry tone, right? So, um, okay. Okay. I, I, I just want to highlight something. So, what's the news on um, Rich James? Because a lot of people are worried because people brought him in thinking he would be a long term um, um, key player for their team. So, now we're seeing that he's flat, though, and, to, and he wasn't even available for. The previous game. So what's going on there? Um, the, I think with James owner shouldn't panic. I'm one of them. Um, in your face because 18 points. Even though he didn't play the second phase, second game in your face, Leonard. Um, <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, don't panic, don't panic because he's going to miss this game against Newcastle for sure. But if you have a good bench, then no problem. Just stick him on your bench. He was always going to miss next weekend's fixtures because Chelsea blank in the Premier League. Um, Chelsea have FA Cup. Chelsea and FA Cup action against Middlesbrough, so he was always not going to play. And then by the upper Premier League game against Brentford, he will be back. So he's going to miss games for Chelsea, but he's going to miss only one Premier League game for Chelsea. He's going to miss the Champions League. He's going to against Lille. He's going to miss the FA Cup against Middlesbrough. But for from an FPL perspective, he's going to miss only Newcastle. So I'll say keep hold of him. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So there is this one, I, I, this question I thought about. It's like, so let me ask you this. We've talked about all the various positions that we could key and even put. So if there was one transfer you could do, one transfer you could just do, forget about the cost or whatever, one transfer you could do and it's very possible for you to do. Which player will that, will that be? What transfer would that be? See, see, I'm having a headache. Like, I've been thinking since yesterday, Kulusevsky. I'm such a big fan of how he has started his Premier League career. And I'm in a dilemma because all my midfielders um, fixtures this weekend. So, I have Coutinho. He plays against West Ham. I have... Rafinha, he plays against Norwich. I have Salah. I cannot sell Salah ahead of a double game week. I cannot sell Havertz because he's in form. So, I want to buy Kulusevski, but I don't know who to sell him for. It's just, that's just the most painful thing. But then, if you know who to sell in your midfield, then absolutely, the person you should be buying is Kulusevski. But uh, as for me, myself, I don't know if I'm going to actually be buying him. Okay, okay, fair enough. So, um, lastly, before we close up, um, why are your captaincy picks? I mean, let's not, let's, let, let's not pretend like you don't know the cap because last 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 um, game week your captain scored fifty six points. You were you were no, hiding no, 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 it from no, you were no, hiding no, it from no, the entire no, show. He didn't he didn't really tell us who you're no, really no, going no, for. He just remember, just. If you okay. remember, I mentioned I mentioned Voya, which would have been a disaster. I mentioned Coutinho, which would have been a success, but maybe not as much as Harvest. I mentioned those three, and then uh-huh. I remember, but you hit you I hit Harvard. Okay, okay. Now you're confessing, yeah? Okay, of course. I, I wasn't sure. I didn't. I didn't mislead anybody. I wasn't actually of, sure. Of course, this this is what I'm saying. People coming <laughs> up here and hiding things. Hiding things that are being secretive okay, because they because because they don't want people to pass them. So now no, 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 I want I want our listeners to have FPL success. I mean, of even, course, of course, of course. That's why you hit that right last week. Of course, I, that's why you hit that. I mean, okay. No, 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 no. Let's not do this. You told me mention some captain choices, options. Okay, like, so why do you know why do you not mention the one you went with? Why do you not mention that one? Huh? Because as I then I had not made up my mind yet. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Let you see, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this waffle. 
He's here. He's trying to defend himself. Of course. Now, now, now let's ask him his captaincy pick. He will tell us something here and do something different later on. Let, but let, we'll still hear it. we we'll entertain it. So go on, Josh. Let's hear from you. What's, what's the captaincy pick? I've actually not made up my mind once again. Um, okay. I'm, I'm looking at Salah or Kane. Um, Salah will be the most captain because he's Salah, but I just have a gut feeling about Kane. Uh, there's no prophetic whatever about it, just my feeling and the way I saw him perform against Everton and the way United defended against City. So all those things, a combination of all those things leads me to Kane. Salah has the early fixture against Viking. I don't like the early fixture. So, I don't know. <laughs> That's superstition for my part, but I say Salah or Kane, but if you want to go left field, then you look at Saka or Kulusevsky. Okay, okay. For anyone listening, in case you want to know my captaincy pick, my handball is currently on Salah, which um simply because because before now I went to go for Kane because I just have a gut feeling about Kane against Manchester United. But now I was just thinking of it as Salah has blanked for in the Champions League and exactly. in, Premier, in the Premier League. Uh, so now, nah, and I feel like there's no way Salah blanks in this double game. Like he's going to haul in one of them. So that that's why I'm going for Salah. That is the ideology. The way I look at it is both of them will not blank. Like it's not possible. But one person will score more than one person. So I'm trying to look for the better option because both of them will actually return this, this game week. I think I think um Salah 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 will return. Salah will return because. When Salah will return ahead of Kane. Let me put it this way: Kane, Kane, Kane. If Kane, if man, if um, match um, Spurs were to win Manchester United, I feel it would be Son or Kulusevski on the score sheet. Then Kane assist. But for Salah, I think Salah will be the most hey, scoring. Perfect. perfect, Octopus Leonard. We've heard you. Well, 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 that's why I see it, uh, guys. Um, you know, I'm not mistaking you. I'm being truthful, unlike some people. So. Uh, so 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 guys i thank you for listening guys uh we're always appreciative of your time and you know what like people some people said oh, this would be the shortest episode ever they always yeah. like cap and cap so that they want that they want taking your time so please no, but, 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 well, no 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 we're tired of hearing from you so 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 do i'm, I'm sure they enjoyed it i mean PSG took our time. Don't blame us. Blame the circles going on at PSG. Of course, there's always someone to blame. You're PSG that blaming referees. You, you're not blaming PSG. Of course, of course. And so, so guys, um, um, do enjoy your weekend. Um, make sure you share the episode if you do enjoy it to your friends to listen as well and subscribe to the podcast as well. So, we, uh, I think that's it. Um, we'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah, peace. Thank you.